Welcome to Real Authors in Real Time podcast, where we explore the world of writing, publishing, and book promotion. Your host, Carmen Renee Berry, co-founder of Berry Powell Press, is a New York Times best-selling author and has been on Oprah and featured in Newsweek. She helps aspiring authors create top-quality books that transform lives. Join Carmen and her guests as they share insights and experiences in publishing and learn how to bring your message to the world. And now, Carmen. Well, today I get to introduce one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Wow. And that is Abigail Dangler. Abby's the director of our editorial services, and she specializes in nonfiction, with a real gift and talent towards structure, which doesn't come naturally to everyone. So she really is quite talented and we're very lucky to have her. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thanks, Carmen. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, I always say that when you invited me to join Barry Powell Press, I stumbled into my dream job. Had no idea that I wanted to work in publishing and now I can't imagine myself doing anything different. It's been exciting seeing your eyes light up and go, ah, this is what I am meant to do. I know. (laughs) Very exciting. Well, give us a little bit about your background and how you and I got connected. So I went to Azusa Pacific University, which is a small Christian college in California, um, about 20 minutes away from Pasadena, where I live now. And while I was a student there, I worked at the APU Writing Center, which I just adored And it was a really great place to start because I would have sessions, like 30 to 45 minute sessions with these students who would come in back to back and all different types of like majors and classes and types of essays or types of writing. I would sit down and I would have to, they would usually say like, I just need help with my citations or can you just check my spelling and things like that. But Basically, in a very short time, I had to diagnose what the problem is. And I could usually see that there were bigger problems that were taking place. And so that's a challenge for a writing coach. But we had this really great tool called the 10 Writing Priorities by Diana Glyer, who is now an author who I get to work with, which is it insane, incredible. <laughs> and basically, this tool helps us evaluate what are the most important things and and putting the first things first. So before we proofread, like, is it answering the prompt? (laughs) Or, you know, some of those slightly more important questions. And basically, it created in my brain this paradigm of being able to look at a piece of writing and kind of perform triage on it. Like, I developed these little editorial spy goggles where I could kind of adjust the lens and I could switch between being able to look at the big picture layers and the small picture layers. This, I would say, equipped me for all the writing jobs I had after college, including when I started editing for the Carmen Renee Berry. <laughs> for the, you know, that, that, those spy goggles, yeah, it's absolutely accurate because an editor has to be able to see a piece of writing from the top down or inside out or however we want to uh, imagine it. And most of the time, we just see it on a one level. We just see, okay, this is a piece of paper. It's got writing on it. I just need to make sure my grammar and spelling is good. And that's Uh not the situation. So 
And for those listening, it doesn't matter if you're going to be writing a proposal for a traditional publisher or you're going to self-publish, you're going to have an assisted self-publisher or a hybrid like us. Being able to edit your material in layers is going to make a huge difference on how editors and acquisitions editors are going to view your manuscript and your proposal. So let's get into this, Abby. Why don't you uh, tell us what you experience here with our new authors? So I think that the biggest misconception I encounter about editing, and I get this a lot because every time someone asks what I do, <laughs> I I say editor. <laughs> I've worked for a publishing house and with our authors and with strangers, with my relatives, probably still with my parents, I still get kind of the same answer every time, which is like, oh, well, don't judge my emails because I don't really <laughs> know how to use commas. <laughs> and it's like everyone thinks that editors are just these red pen wielding mm-hmm. grammar Nazis who are out to judge all of your emails because you wrote who instead of whom. <laughs> and I think that that can be an accurate description of one type of editor. But really, it's such a limited view of what editing actually is. And when authors come in with that understanding of an editor, it's really jarring when we actually want to like dive into the the deeper message of the work and, and basically flip everything on its head and do it all over again. Yes, it is a little bit of a shock. And I've been ac- accused of never editing the book. And after after oh we've, we've worked on it for maybe two, three months, making sure all the developmental editing is done. And so that is really a, a major focus on how developmental editing is almost invisible to to new authors. I actually had another thought about this this morning while I was brushing my teeth. <laughs> I was thinking about how we, we all know that an editor's job is to make writing better. But I think the misconception about what an editor does really comes from the misconception about what it takes to make writing better and what it takes to make good writing in the first place. I think that a lot of people think that good writing is just right. knowing all the grammar rules and getting all the commas in the right place. Um, and being able to use SAT words. <laughs> and w- when really I, good writing is having a clear message that you want to communicate and then being able to reach an audience effectively for that purpose. An editor doesn't just come in looking for problems, but they really come in trying to figure out what is the purpose of this piece of writing and how to help it reach that purpose. And don't you think this misconception has been taught to us in our educational system? Every writing or term paper I had written was always graded with the commas here and the spelling there. And that's how we're taught. And so we're just here to explain why it's a little different than what most of us have gone through, our experience in school. Yeah, absolutely. In school, you see all the little red marks and then you may get a couple of big picture comments, but we're often not given a comprehensive framework for this is what it takes to make good writing? Well, we use different levels of editing from the big picture down to the period on the page. Can you give us a summary of those? Yeah. So there are four major types of editing that we use, and the terms for these may vary depending on where you go. But the biggest picture level is developmental editing. And so that is, say, if you are building a house, developmental editing is like what is the basic infrastructure of this house? 
We're not worried about fixing throw pillows or organizing furniture right now. We're looking at like, where do we put the drywall? I don't know anything about building a house, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's the blueprint. Yeah. You're like mapping out the blueprint and then you're like, oh, we got to move this wall because <laughs> the, the door is bumping into it. You're, you're figuring out the basic mm-hmm. framework. And the questions you're asking when you're writing is what is my message? What is the purpose of this? And who am I actually speaking to? And what is the entry point? That's a term we use to describe, like, how do you start this conversation? What are you going to start with that's that's going to hook the reader and be relatable? And then what is the structure? How are we ordering this? Is this what the reader needs to know first and second and third? That is layer number one, developmental editing, which is the biggest picture. Um, and then moving in one layer. So take our spy goggles and zoom in is content editing. So this is an example. We have the basic infrastructure and now we're going a layer deeper and it's kind of medium picture. We're still moving around some pretty significant things. We're not getting into the detail work yet. This might be a, I really like this chapter, but I don't think this opening story really illustrates the concept well. Is there something really significant in this chapter that needs to be explained that really hasn't been explained yet? So many of our writers are intuitive and they think it in their head and but they don't write it on the page. And so content editing really is to see, did you make an intuitive leap? It's not just that you thought it, but did you actually write it on the page? Yeah, that is a big part of content editing. And that would be our second layer in. When we take our spy goggles and we zoom one more layer in, third layer in is copy editing. And so this is taking what we've already written and figuring out how to make it sound better. Um, So this may deal with sentence structure. It starts dealing with grammar, but it's really not just about correcting mistakes. It's really about making the writing more elegant and clear, making sure there's a good rhythm, making sure each sentence is clearly connected to the next and each paragraph is clearly connected to the next. It's really about making the writing sound better but you're not changing anything about it fundamentally. And a writer can go through and copy edit themselves, but any publisher that you go to should provide copy editing (laughs) services because you really just need another perspective to make sure that things are clear and make sense because it's not always clear to us. Yeah, Abby regularly edits my material and I have favorite sentence structures and most of us do we have our own idiosyncrasies. Uh That's what a copy editor can do. And she's always catching me doing the same sort of rhythm. And it's really important. It doesn't matter how long you've been writing, you need copy editing. Also, I often find that our our authors really like the copy editing stage. I don't know if this is your experience, but developmental editing is hard. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to redo all of this. Like, oh, get your hands out of my, get your hands out of my word document. But copy editing is like, oh, you made me sound like a genius. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I said, but just better. (laughs) And then the last layer, zooming into the most detailed level, is proofreading. And this layer really is about going through and fixing mistakes. It's really about making sure that the, the writing sparkles. It's like that final layer of polish but proofreading also looks at, like in a book, when the when the book is actually laid out in its final form. So this happens after formatting. 
So they also, a proofreader does an enormous amount of work also checking all the formatting and like page numbers and headings and chapter titles and any like images or photos or graphs that go into the book. It is a huge job. That is the final polish. And that, most people think the editing is proofreading. That's right. That's right. Which it's actually these four layers. And I think this is really important for, especially for new authors. Another point I'd like to make is that you do need editing. <laughs> Every writer needs editing. I know that it can be a lot to take in. So just to summarize those four layers again, moving from big picture to the most detailed, developmental editing, content editing, copy editing, and then proofreading. Think of it like the layers, like you're building a house, you're moving from setting the foundation to arranging the throw pillows, but you can't arrange the throw pillows or the silverware in the silverware drawer until you get those bigger picture issues worked out. And every single author I've worked with has said, I absolutely could not have written the book that I wrote without going through this process. Even if it was grueling, and even if at times like, what are we doing? Where are we going? The end result, you know, it's like holding the baby in your arms. And when other people acknowledge, your book really spoke to me. And our books are really gaining traction and, and winning awards. And it's incredible just to see the payoff of going through this process. It is a wonderful process. It's a hard process. <laughs> and uh, anybody who gets to work with you is uh, very fortunate. So you're on Instagram. I follow you. How can other people follow you? I am. Thanks, Carmen. Um, my handle is Abigail Stone Joy. Stone is my middle name, so that's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like to use Instagram to connect with other writers and just share, share encouragements and thoughts about writing. So anyone who's interested in that, check it out. Thank you for coming on today. It's been very helpful and revealing. Uh, you're amazing. I just want to end with that. And I'm so glad you're on our team. Thanks. I love this team. I, I really feel like I'm doing what I was made to do. Yes, I agree. If you like our program, send us a comment and visit us online at barrypowellpress.com.